welcome to another episode here at Supernatural Confessions Podcast, where it is a safe place for you to confess all your experiences, be it supernatural, myths, urban legends, superstitions, or even the unknowns. And as a team, we'll compile and feature your confessions on our platforms. You may reach out to us through our Facebook page or website. You just need to search supernaturalconfessions.com And you are also invited to join us every Friday night on our Facebook Live where Eugene, the founder of Supernatural Confessions, Sonia Kurana, occasionally Joe Dakota, and I host a weekly live show discussing all about the supernatural. I'm Kim your host for this podcast series and now let's get on to the confessions is anyone here what did you find you are listening to supernatural confessions for this week's podcast we're going to start with a confession entitled Story of Montreal Drive by Bakiko. And this confession is voiced by Joe Dakota. Story of Montreal Drive by Bakiko. Hi everyone. Just wanted to share with you three creepy incidents that happened to me when I was living in Montreal Drive in Sambalam. This happened between 2004 and 2008 before I sold the apartment. Incident 1. My four-year-old son was sleeping in between my wife and I when we were suddenly awakened around 4am. One of my son's toy robot had turned on by itself and it was lying there on his bed with lights flashing and the legs and arms moving. I switched it off and removed the batteries and went straight back to bed. My wife and I were pretty spooked out because you had to literally flick a switch to turn the toy on. Incident 2. My wife and I had split up and I was staying in our matrimonial home. Mind you, this was before the divorce was finalized and we had to sell the flat. My friends thankfully kept me busy by asking me to hang out with them and between work, triathlon training and my friends, my schedule was pretty packed. It was a weekday and by the time I knocked off work and had dinner out with a few friends, it was getting pretty late so I took a cab back. I alighted near the junction of Canberra Link and Sambaung Road cause I wanted to have a smoke before going upstairs. Just as I alighted and paid the fare, I saw right in front of me a pale blue outline of a human figure. It didn't immediately register in my mind that this was something supernatural. In fact, it was quite surreal. Just a bluish outline of a human figure among the tall grass where the playground is. The figure was crouching or squatting and then it stood up and went back down again. I didn't wait to find out more. I just ran towards Canberra Link where there was heavier traffic and more lights, had a few cigarettes and went back home but was just too nervous to sleep. Incident 3. This happened about a month later. I slept around 11pm because I knew I had to wake up at 4.30am to head out for a ride with the group. I started sleeping with the lights on because of the earlier incident and somehow gotten quite used to it after a week or two. On this particular morning, I rolled over and opened my eyes and, for a split second, thought I saw a white figure above me, but it darted so quickly towards my feet 
and pulled the blanket off me in one quick whoosh. I could literally feel the heavy blanket slide off me in one quick motion. I jumped up in shock, ran a few steps away from the bed, and then my alarm started ringing. This was too much for me. I looked around, went outside, switched on all the lights, and rode off my bike training with the group. Thankfully, we sold the flat soon after, and I have not gone back to the area since. listening to Supernatural Confessions. If you have your own confessions to share, reach out to us on our Facebook or website, Supernatural Confessions. Remember, you are not alone. It seems like Sembawang has a lot of stories. So I pick another one that happened in Sembawang Park and this confession comes from Eugene Lee. A few years ago, I planned for a romantic wedding anniversary. I bought a power generator, a foldable table and bench, a barbecue pit and food and took my wife to Sembawang Park at about 5.30 in the evening. Upon arrival, I surveyed the surrounding and I saw a platform that resembled a jetty overseeing the sea. We decided that, that would be a perfect spot for our lovely barbecue session. While setting up, my wife noticed some offerings at the corner of the platform next to the railings. I told her, it's okay dear, we are not here to disturb anyone. Our table was set right below an old tree. Soon enough, the sky started turning dark and I wanted to surprise my wife and show her my efforts in planning the event. So I ran off to the car to get the power generator. Indeed, my lovely wife was wowed. I couldn't find a place to hang the bulb, so I decided to hang it on a branch of the tree. Within a minute, the bulb dropped and was smashed into pieces. Feeling a little freaked out, I told my wife to give me a few minutes. I sped off to the shops nearby, bought some candles and returned to the spot. But countless attempts to light the candles failed. The wind seems to be too strong to light it on. At this point, both of us felt we need to leave. So we packed up. After packing up, my wife suggested we take a picture before leaving. While preparing for the selfie, she accidentally kicked the offerings and they fell into the sea. She was totally freaked out. I said, whoever you are, we have no intention to disturb you. It's purely accidental. We are sorry. So we left. That night, my wife developed fever. By the morning, the fever would subside. But as the evening approached, her fever crept back again. As we had to travel to China the next day, and I thought this could be a telltale sign of something is wrong, I decided to go back to the spot to make some offerings as a formal apology. Without further hesitation, I bought some oranges, joss papers, candles and joysticks. I grabbed a packet of rice and headed to Sembawang Park. 
as I laid down the offerings, I openly invited whoever that was there to come and receive my offerings and accept my apology. From the corner of my eyes as I lit the joss papers and joysticks, I could see someone standing next to me. Quickly, I burned the joss papers in a used oil tin that I brought along. After that, I grabbed my wife's hand and told her, Dear, let's go. Follow me and don't look back. While on the way back, she broke into perspiration and the fever subsided. We knew we had settled the matter and headed for China the next morning. Since then, we've never gone back to Sembawang Park again. You are listening to Supernatural Confessions. Whatever you don't see, doesn't mean it is not there. So, for those listening, do you guys live near Sembawang? Do you have a story? If you do, send us your confession. Now to continue, next confession is entitled The Other Little Amanda. And this one, it's by Auntie Lulu. The Other Little Amanda. I remember that time, Victoria was only uh, a few months, uh, less than six months. And uh, that particular day, my alao was off and uh, he brought uh, Amanda to Yishun Safra Country Club for a morning swim. So as they left the house, uh, I started to do my laundry. And then uh, while hanging the laundry, I noticed Amanda walked into the kitchen, stand outside the toilet door for uh, one or two minutes. Then she enter the toilet. So you see, as a mother, when you see your two-year-old daughter walk into the toilet, it's not safe. So I dropped what I was doing and I rushed to the toilet. But there was no one in the toilet. So I rushed to the master bedroom and uh, Victoria, as a baby, she was sleeping in the bed, uh, on the bed, uh, soundly. And uh, after that, I think, 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 I realized, eh, ah, my Alao brought Amanda for a morning swim. So just now that one cannot be Amanda, right? Then who was that? And uh, after that, I, I was a bit worried and scared, you know. Immediately, I opened up the cupboard, I took that very particular set that I saw the other Amanda was wearing I took, I put it in a plastic bag and I threw it away uh, after when my husband and my Amanda came back from the swim I didn't tell him anything I didn't mention what I saw uh, he wouldn't believe me as usual and uh, so um, thank you for listening to my story so what do you think that I saw? So what do you think? What did Auntie Lulu see at her house that resembles her daughter? The next confession is by Rina Ruina, which is quite the same as Auntie Lulu's experience. But her story, it's a little bit creepier when I read it. She started her post with, I am not a person with a lot of supernatural stories to tell. I literally forgotten about this incident until recently. 
I recalled about it while I reminisced about the people and then it linked to this incident. It was somewhere between 1994 and 1995 when it happened. I was 9 or 10 years old at the time. I was staying at one of the bungalows with my mum's best friend's family in Jalan Senyum, Kembangan area. A bungalow belongs to my mum's best friend's parent. Let's name the best friend as Auntie. Second level of the bungalow comprises of three rooms. Room number one is occupied by Auntie's eldest brother and his family. Room number two is Auntie's family and me. Room number three is Grandma and Auntie's helper. Room number two and three is very near to each other because both rooms shared a connecting toilet. One night, around 8, 9-ish, as I was walking towards room number 2 to rest for the night, I heard a weird noise. Somewhat like growling or snoring, which I'm not sure which one, coming from grandma's room. I thought she was suffering from sleep paralysis, so I went to check on grandma. However, before I stepped into grandma's room, I saw grandma seemed to be sleeping soundly, back facing me. However, different people might suffer differently during sleep paralysis attack, so I just thought of checking her out just in case. Her room was dark and only the lights in the corridor flashed in. So what I can see from outside the room door is, 3 out of 4 of grandma's body from her waist to her toes. Just as I about to step into the room, a face resembling auntie's helper resurfaced from under the bed frame, where grandma's lower legs position are resting at and made that sound. Looking at me and then slip back slowly with a creepy grin. As that face slips back under the bed frame, Grandma was turning over and she got a shock, seeing me standing at the door. She raised her voice asking me, what am I doing at the door? I told her, oh, cause I heard some weird noise coming from your room and I thought it was you. Are you facing any difficulties, Grandma? She replied, no. What sort of noises did you hear? I said, just some weird snoring noises. She said, oh, no, it's not from me, don't worry. This time around, as I turned my head away, I saw auntie's helper from corridor coming into grandma's room to sleep. Her sleeping area is on the mattress just between grandma's bed and the door, and sleeping position is the same as grandmother. From the door, I can only see their legs. All this while, I'm standing at grandma's bedroom door blocking the doorway. If anyone were to step out, I have to make way so there's no way somebody walked past me. I was shocked. Who is the person that I saw under the bed? If the real helper is the one coming from the corridor. And half of the space under the bed are occupied by heavy boxes, so no reason someone could hide under there at all. A few days passed after the incident. I was still feeling perturbed. Hence, to convince that nobody shifted the heavy boxes before the incident, 
I plucked up the courage to bend down fully to check. The boxes were still there clothed with dust and some cobwebs, and still occupying half of the bed space from the headboard. Until today, I have no idea who or what I have seen and what is the motive of it appearing to me. If you like the content here on the podcast, you are also invited to join Eugene and Kim at Supernatural Confessions Facebook page every Friday 10pm Malaysia and Singapore time where they will discuss, dissect and go deeper in details on your confession. And I'll be waiting for you there. This story is entitled It Stole My Kidney by Sylvester By. I would like to share one of the many personal experiences I've encountered with the supernatural world. I was born with a hearing impairment in the right ear. However, I tend to hear voices or sounds at random. I would always respond to the person next to me by asking what? Or what did you say? My questions are always welcome with a puzzled look as they responded that they didn't even speak to me. So who or what did actually speak to me? Hmm. Being born in our ancestral home in a village, we often have candidates being selected as per the generations in our bloodline to be a temple medium. The job of the temple medium was to provide a helping hand and assist the people with the issues they faced in life and improve their well-beings. I was being told to sell my body and my third eye to prevent any spirits from approaching me. Based on the parcel reading, I had an intense yin energy, which in layman terms meant that I am a magnet to supernatural entities. Hence, since childhood, I could sense their presence if they are nearby. My first experience was when I was still three years old. I could vividly remember how every night I would be put in a sarong and left alone. One night, I was awakened by noise of scratches coming from the window. Being the curious toddler that I am, I peered out of my crib and what I saw simply made my blood ran cold. I saw a dark green women-like figure. The creature had a face wrinkled with sharp teeth like talons sprouting out from its jaw. It was staring at me with its bloodshot eyes. I was paralyzed out of fear and couldn't cry out for help. The creature took out a sharp dagger and slit the left side of my tummy and I saw something coming out of it. After that, I immediately saw a yellow light flash out from a talisman beside my window and chase the creature away. After witnessing the terrifying incident, I passed out and fell into a deep sleep. Many years have gone by and at some point during my childhood, 
I started experiencing pain in my stomach and my bowels were pure blood. This painful episode went on for nearly a month. I finally decided to seek medical treatment from a local government hospital. The doctors ran checks on my tummy and they returned to inform me that I have had only one kidney on my right and my liver was scarred. After being discharged from the hospital, I got back home and asked my mom about it. She was taken aback because she knew that I was born a healthy child. Feeling skeptical of the doctor's advice, she checked my body to look for surgical signs around the kidney area, but she couldn't find one. My mom brought me to one of our temple mediums and he invited one of our ancestral gods. It came to light that the dark green creature I saw in my childhood was a demon seeking inner organs of babies to fulfill its lust and hunger for blood. The light which I saw emitting from the talisman was a general who chased the demon away. The demon was said to have sneaked in quietly and quickly, but I was lucky because my body was sealed when I was 4 years old and later resealed at 18 and 24 years old. Otherwise, I would have problems surviving because of my intense in energy would always draw the attention of these supernatural entities. Till this day, I still sense something at some places, but I would just brush it off and walk away. That is an unexplainable experience confessed by Sylvester and voiced by Saleh. Here, it's another confession by Jia Xing, which is her experience with the unexplainable. So, I used to work in this hospital, and there are two rooms in this particular ward that's said to be haunted. Room 28 and the breastfeeding room. I'm pretty sure almost every nurse who worked there has experienced something unexplainable in these two rooms, and every new staff that joined will also be warned by the seniors about these two rooms. This incident happened when I was still a new nurse. It was around 6-7pm. I was trying to find an extra towel for one of my patients. The linen trolley ran out of towels, and we usually keep one towel in the cupboard of every room, so I decided to go into one of it to get the towel. So without checking the room number, I walk into the empty room closest to me. As I walk past the toilet and about to turn left to get to the cupboard, I saw this black humanoid figure standing next to the cupboard. My heart started racing. I immediately said sorry to it and bailed out of the room. I took a look at the room number after I came out, and yep, it was the room 28. I told one of my seniors on shift with me about this and she asked, Did you knock before you go in? I said, yeah, I didn't knock. She was like, no wonder. In the future, even the room has no patient, just knock before you enter. About the breastfeeding room, I think it's haunted by a baby or a child cause. We usually use this breastfeeding room to get some rest during our break time for night shift. So one night during my break, as usual, I went into the breastfeeding room to catch a nap. 
Once I entered the room, I started hearing this sound which sounded like someone is playing with a hand clapper toy. It was a very faint sound initially, but every time I close my eyes and about to fall asleep, this hand clapper toy gets louder. Like as if someone is playing with it next to my ear. But when I open my eyes, the sound moves away and becomes faint again. Looks like someone doesn't want me to sleep. You are listening to Supernatural Confessions. If you have your own confessions to share, reach out to us on our Facebook or website, Supernatural Confessions. Remember, you are not alone. To our fellow listeners, do you guys think hospitals are one of the most haunted places around us? And if you have your own experience, remember to share with us. Next on, we have a confession by Alice. I am sharing this encounter which happened in my in-law's house many, many years ago. And this is quite a long pause, so please bear with me. My late in-laws, God bless their souls, used to stay in a landed semi-detached property off Changi Road. After my father-in-law passed away, we moved in to keep my mother-in-law company. I have never liked that house. Even though it is huge and spacious and the kids loved it because they could play out in the garden any time of the day, I've always found it to be an uncomfortable place to live in. Somehow, the house just gave me a certain feeling. Firstly, it was always hot and humid in the house. Despite rain and cold weather, it will always still feel hot and humid. Secondly, it would suddenly become eerily quiet and you could almost feel like the air was still and not moving. Anyway, in my years staying there, I had a few encounters which creeped me out and I was not the only one. My children, my oldest son especially, had his fair share of encounters as he was old enough to remember and relate the stories to us. What I am going to share happened when I was sleeping in our bedroom. As the girls were quite young then, around 3 and 6, they were still sleeping with my husband and I in our bedroom. My 3-year-old was already off diapers and she would wake up at least once a night to go to the bathroom. I still remember that night was warm as our air conditioner broke down and my husband opened the windows so that we could get breeze from outside. Our bedroom was at the detached part of the house, so we had two long sliding windows on two sides of the wall. After having kids, I got rid of the beds and we were all sleeping on mattresses on the floor. So the mattresses were placed in such a way that when we lie down, our heads would touch the side of the wall with the window and our legs were facing the bedroom door. 
our door was always left open so I could hear the boys if they needed or wanted anything in the night. So that night, as usual, my daughter touched my arm and woke me up as she needed to go to the bathroom. I opened my eyes and then that was when the great horror filled my heart. I saw a woman crawling into the window right above my head and was looking down at me. She had a long, messy hair that was already touching my face. She was creeping down towards me and baring her teeth at me. Her eyes were all white except one small black slit in each eye and her mouth was wide open. A foul stench was coming from her and although I tried to shout and move, I simply could not. Can you feel my fear? Here she was creeping down fast at me and my three-year-old daughter gripping my left arm, trying to wake me to accompany her to the toilet, both at the same time. I could not move or speak, neither could I close my eyes from looking at the fearful creature. It was like as if she had some special power over me, preventing me from averting my stare from her or doing anything else against her will. At that point of time, I could not do anything except for praying and praying and praying and calling out God's name in my heart fervently. And just like that, I felt relief when I sensed my spouse got up from his sleep and brought my daughter to use the toilet. That's when she disappeared from above me. And even though I finally managed to break away from her stare, my body was still in a state of paralysis and I could not move a muscle. The bathroom was just by our bedroom door and I could see my spouse waiting for my daughter outside the bathroom. When my daughter came out from the toilet and my husband bent down to put on her panty for her, fear gripped me again. She was standing right behind my daughter in all her glory. Long, unkempt hair, wide, luminous eyes with thin black slits that lit up in the dark. She was tall and wearing an ashen, almost translucent dress and that putrid stench hit me once again. She stared right at me, smiled smirkingly as if challenging me towards something. I watched in fear and felt so helpless as I could not do anything except pray silently. My daughter and husband walked into the room and my daughter took her place next to me and went back to sleep immediately. And when I looked back at where she was standing, I could only catch a whiff of white smoke disappear into the thin air. That was the closest I got to an entity which was so fearful yet thankfully harmless. My husband confirmed the event that happened at that night, except that he told me his attempt to wake me failed as I was so deep in sleep, which of course I was not. He did not see anything though. But he did mention there was a foul stench when my daughter went to the bathroom. But he thought it was for my daughter. Anyway, I was grateful nothing happened to my daughter or anybody else that night. And 
my daughter is already 16 now. And Alice and her pose with a question. Do share with me if you have any idea as to what entity that I actually encounter. So listeners, do you have any idea what was that? come to the end of this episode of Supernatural Confessions. If you have enjoyed this episode, please rate us with a 5-star review on whichever platform you are streaming this podcast on. Go on and tell your friends and family about us. You can find more of our content on YouTube, Facebook and our website. Search for keyword Supernatural Confessions. If you or someone you know have a confession to make, visit supernaturalconfessions.com. You can send it in text, voice memo, or even video format. Let us know if you want your identity to be kept secret. Supernatural Confessions is created by Eugene Tay. Until the next episode, my name is Kim, your host for this podcast series, signing off with... Whatever you don't see doesn't mean it is not there.